Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Crime. Man, I'm excited to be here. And I'll tell you, you know, over the past year, especially, it seems that I don't know if child abuse and sex trafficking and and all these kind of just absolute, just, it's just inhuman, some of the things that are happening, especially to children. And we've had numerous guests and episodes on this kind of thing, all the way from sexual assault detectives to the executive producer of The Sound of Freedom, a new movie about uh, child trafficking, especially through um, Central and South America. And today, we, I have two guests on that uh, I'm super excited about. And I want to introduce them using a video from their website. And this, this video kind of describes a little bit about who they are and what they do. And then we'll, uh, we'll expand on it. So welcome to the show, Cookie and Nitro. But I want to start with your video because it's just such an amazing video. So here we go. Why do I get out of Baca? Wow. The knowledge knowing that I've done something that no one else can do. And that's to give a child their life back. Baca is probably the only organization that can do what it does that exists in the world right now. The goal of Baca is eventually to break the chains of child abuse. So these children don't grow up and bring what happened to them into their relationships. First found out about Baca through my counselor. She said that we should look into this, that Baca was a group of bikers who help and they support kids who've been abused. Before the abuse, I do remember like a happy, just normal life. Rhythm was very carefree. She was loving and fun. When I told my mom, she talked to me for about an hour. She came in and she said, I'm being abused and I I want you to know I, I don't want it to happen anymore. I want it to stop. My extended family didn't think my story was true. They thought a lot of it was made up. I had night terrors, I was seeing like two, three counselors. That was partially why my counselor informed us about Baca. Level one is the first interaction that the child's gonna have with the entire chapter. It's where we bring that child in and make them part of our biker family. Leading up to the night of my level one, I was kind of like not sure what to expect. All I knew is that there was gonna be a lot of bikers at my house in the morning. Child's been brought into Baca, and uh, we decided that it's a case that, that fits our mission. We, as the chapter as a whole, will ride off to wherever the child feels safe at to meet. That means the whole chapter goes, or everybody's had a background check for bride. There's a little bit of a ceremony that goes on with it. The child's reminded about the initial contact where everything is explained to them what Baca is, what we do, what we don't do. We present them with a vest and it has a patch on the back of it and their road name, and it just makes them feel part of it. 
They get assigned two of the, the members as primaries. Those members are on call for that child 24-7 around the clock. Peppermint, would you like to meet your primaries now? We have Rembrandt and Lucy. Rembrandt and Lucy have always been here for me, and Alpaca will always be here for you. Hi, Peppermint. I'm Lucy, it's nice to meet you. I'm Rembrandt, it's nice to meet you. Seeing this like group of adults, bikers, like being so kind, not even bringing up what happened to me, just saying like, hey, we're here for you, like we're your new family. It meant the world to me. The level one is probably something that is the most empowering part of what we do because we see a huge change in these children. After about 40, 45 minutes, those kids are interacting with our members. In some areas, they go for rides with the membership. They take them on a short ride around the neighborhood. They looked at her like she was just another amazing young kid. It's just, it, we're just there just to empower them, to show them that there's people out there that really care about them and that, that they're becoming part of our family. And then when they become part of our family, that we have their backs. When there's a court case, if the judge allows us, we will escort that child to the courthouse. A lot of times when kids go to court, the family members of the perpetrator will show up and they try to intimidate that child. Carry me home when the light in my eyes does fade. Carry me home when the shadow comes to take me away. kids, the, the light come back into their eyes. Um, I get more out of Baca than I could ever put in. Standing up for child abuse is probably one of the bravest things somebody can do. You, you see them after we get involved and their, their self-confidence is beaming. They're, they're doing better in school and you know they're not afraid anymore. And that's what we do. We give them their life back. I grew as an individual. I joined clubs in high school. I became um, varsity captain of the cheer team. I was a vice president. I, I'm going to college. I owe that to every single person in my life, especially Baca, who stood by me and who supported me and said, it's okay to be scared. We're here for you until you're not. Nobody gets paid in Baca. Everybody's volunteer from the president down. We, my brothers and sisters, will do whatever we can 
to make sure that they feel safe. And when we do that, they can trust again and they can start being kids again. That's what I get out of Vodka. Everything on this patch means something. The white is the innocence of the child. The red is the blood that's been shed. The black represents the dark times that that child is going through. The skull and crossbones is death to child abuse. The fist is our commitment to fight child abuse. And the chains on this patch stands for one Baca, one United Nation. This patch means everything to me. This is my family. If you are being abused, if you are scared, tell somebody. Okay, so that I'd say that that video just always says it all. But again, welcome to the show, Cookie and Nitro. I know you guys are out of Arizona and uh, just so honored that you would come on to the show. So welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jared. We really appreciate the opportunity here. Of course, absolutely. So Bikers Against Child Abuse is the name of you guys' organization. And... Biker, or let's see, bacaworld.org is the website. So I strongly encourage all of the listeners to go to bacaworld, B-A-C-A, world.org, and, and see some of the things that you do. You can watch that full video and, and also just kind of get a flavor for, for what these guys do. But um, I, I'm embarrassed to say that prior to connecting with you guys, what, a month ago, I'd never heard of it. So I, I'm super glad to be able to, you know, have you on today as guests and to, you know, expand the the base a little bit of, you know, from my listeners and, and the viewers, we broadcast this both on, on YouTube as well as all Spotify and all the other platforms. And also, by the way, encourage everybody to subscribe and share this, this message because it, you know, what you guys do is amazingly important and, I think there is far too many children, you know, what people don't understand is our children are our future. And even if you're in your twenties and you're watching this, there will be a day when, you know, you got gray hair like I do and you're going to, you know, your kids are buying you glass. I don't know if you can see this. It says old lives matter. That's what I got for um, my, my last birthday. So, you know, my it. kids are even um, even in on it, and they're just hammering me with, um, <laughs> Dad, you, you got to start coloring your hair, man. But uh, I keep it <laughs> short color. It, it, it just it's well-earned. Yeah. So, Nitro, let's start with you. Could you kind of introduce us to the BACA organization and kind of how, you know, what your mission is and, and just kind of how the organization came about? Absolutely. I am Nitrum with the Maricopa County chapter here in Arizona. Baca started back in 1995. The founder was a licensed clinical social worker and a registered play therapist. And he was working with children that were making some incremental changes. But what would happen was either the 
person that abused them or the family members would go by the house and harass the child and the child would shut down. And, you know, he was just tired of seeing that. So he, you know, got a few of his buddies together and said, we need to stop this. We need to do something about it. He has since retired and we are continuing his legacy. And, you know, it started in Provo, Utah. And now we're in 22 countries working at Costa Rica, Romania and Portugal. And we're not going to stop until, you know, we reach more and more kids. Unfortunately, in my lifetime, we're not going to reach as many as we want to, but doing these podcasts is what helps us. I've been around for almost 28 years. We are in 46 states here in the United States. Um, I think it's Mississippi, Wyoming, and not Wyoming, uh, one of the Dakotas, I can't remember, Delaware and Hawaii. We don't have chapters, but we're working on those. Uh, some of the states surrounding those, except for Hawaii, it'd be a little difficult. Um, you know, we'll go and, and help a child that will ride six, 800 miles. It doesn't matter. The child is in need. Enough is enough. We're going to help them out. We go to court with them to help them stand up and um, give their impact statement. We're here to empower them, not enable them. We're not big brother, big sister in the sense of taking them shopping, things like that. We're that shadow. So when you need us, we're going to be there. We get a phone call. You know, we're at their door, you know, we're helping them out, whether they're frightened or family members of their perpetrator or the perpetrator themselves are trying to come to the house. You're going to see us. We've had enough. But in court, it's, it's very scary for them. It would be scary for me as an adult. You know, we, we don't want what happened to them to define them. And it's like you said, Jared, they're our future. And, you know, if we can't get them there safely, what does it say about us? You know, so, you know, a lot of these kids end up on the streets and drugs and, and you know, gangs and, and the sex trafficking. You know, they lure these kids and yeah, enough is enough. We have to wake up to this. People turn a blind eye and you got you got to open up your eyes just because it might not be your child. What if it was? Then you'd want somebody to step up. So then you need to step up for another child. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Well said. And I, I, I think it's one of those where, how do I even say this? What, what you said about it may not be your child, but if it's somebody even in your community that is being abused, that, that is affecting your child and it's affecting you indirectly. And, you know, Cookie, I, w I wanted to ask you, is, is there a particular child or a particular story that kind of started this? That, you know, there's a, there's a legacy behind every child that's, you know, that's being abused. Is, is this mostly, do you focus mostly on like foster care or is it just any child that feels in danger? So, you know, we, we work with a variety of different agencies, foster care, Department of Child Services. You know, we work with local and state agencies that are already in place helping abused children. But we, we really have three simple requirements for us to actually get involved. And it comes down to these three things. Is it a verified case of abuse, meaning that there's a police report or a counselor statement that says, yes, this child has been abused? Is the child living in fear, which is, you know, again, a counselor or an adult or someone that can verify that? And then, you know, the third thing is that whoever did this to them, the perpetrator doesn't live in the same house or facility that the child is in right now. 
those three things are in place, we are a free resource. There's no cost to these families or children to, to have us come in. And, you know, we're, we're able to empower them by doing one thing, showing up. We show up, we stand behind them. And just like I'm there for Nitro and Nitro's there, for, if she called me at two o'clock in the morning and said, hey, I need you, I'm not asking what, I'm not asking why, I'm, I'm hopping on my scoot and we're there. So we, we give those kids a sense of that empowerment, and bring them into our family and, and let them know that no matter where they go, uh, near or far, Baca is there for me. My sisters are here for me and Baca is now going to be there for you. Yeah. Wow. How many kids can I think of just in my immediate circles, you know, and, and kids that I've heard of. And I, I don't, I don't know if you guys know it, what I do for my day job, you know, outside of the podcast, but we help collect DNA off of evidence. And a lot of times I'm working with detectives and, uh, and crime scene analysts that the, the victim is very often either a, a, a woman or a child. And it's just sickening the increase in, you know, you would think as we become more and more, you know, quote, quote, civilized, that this kind of stuff would would taper off you know we we become more you know better at treating treating each other uh, as equals and everything else and and not abusing each other but for some reason it just seems to be getting worse and especially the targeting the the children it, it's to me i i don't know as a man and a dad of five it just doesn't make any sense to me how how people can can like look at a child and, you know, think of it, it, just view that child as a piece of meat that they can, you know, abuse in, in sexually or otherwise. And to me, I, I'm sure that's the same passion that you guys have. And again, talking with you prior to this and, and seeing the video and, and doing research on your organization, I think everybody that belongs to and does what you do, whether they're contributing or whether they're actually getting on a bike and and physically going somewhere to help a child, you know, everybody is contributing to, to help overcome this, this fear that these kids live in. And it just seems that there's more and more households that they don't have a stable environment. And is there any kind of a insight that you guys have as to why that's happening? I think a lot of it has to do with the laws need to change. When my daughter's best friend's baby was brutally beaten to death, I mean, brutally beaten to death. He was only eight months old. He couldn't find off anything. He got 18 months in jail and three years supervised probation. What is wrong with our system that allows these people back out on the street? And, you know, it's, it's the technicality or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know, but it's really frustrating. We've been to court many times where there was enough evidence, but for some reason, this person doesn't get what they deserve. You know, they, they get minimal time and, it, and we have to look at this better, you know, for our kids, because, you know, when those perps or whatever get out of jail, that kid's back in fear again, that they're going to come and retaliate. You know, and it shuts our kids down and it's got to stop. Our laws have to change. I, I, I can't tell you how many times we've been in there and it, it is frustration, frustrating. A lot of people ask us, you know, how can you do it? And, and I ask 
how can you not? How can you not go to court with these kids and help them stand tall? You know, it, it just, just a lot of things just need to change. And a lot of it is the law. Years ago, it was a family issue. You know, we heard stranger danger, you know, but unfortunately, a lot of these kids are getting abused by family members or friends of the family. They know how to groom them. They know how to get that, get to them. And it's, it, it, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that our, our system doesn't protect our children better. I, I knew back in the day that people, you know, got caught cultivating marijuana, we did more time or life, but you can kill a child and that's what you get. We're so backwards that we need to, that's what we need to fix. And society, you know, both parents have to work. It's tough. You know, you want to have a family, but then you're away from the family because things are rising and you're working two, three jobs to end, make ends meet. You know, my husband works hard. I work two jobs, you know, plus Baca and, and it's time consuming. I can't even have a dog because I'm not home enough. So think about the, the ones that have children, you know, it's, it's really tr- tough and frustrating. We are humans, you know, but when you abuse a child as your outlet for being frustrated in any manner is no excuse. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cookie, you had something to add? Yeah. I mean, you also look at, you know, we've got some cases that they get drug out so long. I mean, you're talking year, two years and, and, you know, you think of, okay, Someone could go in for, for something like a speeding ticket and they're only cared about 500 bucks. And all of a sudden that happened on Monday and you're in court Thursday paying your ticket and you're done and out of the, out of the gate. Yeah. You get someone that's his perpetrator and they're, they're, you know, giving him every single privilege and, and right of due diligence, given the heinous crimes. Sometimes they're not even locked up until they have a conviction. And so, you know, with these cases that are going on, it's like we need, like she said, it's like stricter policy around when these cases come up, you know, why is this guy still on the street being able to harm and offend continually while they figure it out? I I think, again, it comes down to the policy and and that, and that, you know, you look across the board right now, we have a lot of resources dedicated to, you know, internal policy and review. We have more resources looking at the policies and how how police operate versus actually, you know, investigating the police instead of investigating crime. There's just the nature of, you know, the past year and a half, two, three years of, of everything. And I think we've we've you know, we've put more resources into making sure it operates correctly versus actually finding the criminals and taking them off the street is, is what it seems like. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.